Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have all of you here with us today. It's going to be an incredible day. I do have a a message that I'm excited to share with you. I want to share some other exciting news. Some of you may have heard or seen online uh, this week that Brandon and Angel Cox are launching their own church. And that's something that I'm excited about. It's a dream that they've had for many, many, many years. Uh, Since the first time I met Brandon, uh, back in probably 2002, I think, I met Brandon. He was a freshman in high school. And uh, we worked together uh, through the years. And so I'm very excited about them doing this. It's the dream that's in their heart. We celebrate them. And I want to pray for them right now. And I pray for them every single day. Would you just pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for bringing an angel. I thank you for uh, Champion Center Church that they're planting right now. God, I ask you to bless them and help them, teach them, and give them your strength and your courage. Father, lead them in your path. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to jump right into it today. Um, I'm excited about this series. I know that you are too. And you're probably wondering what this is up here. And I'll get to that in just a second. I put them up here to make me look smart. Um, I don't know if it's working yet or not. Uh, But we did jump into our brand new series called Shine in the last couple of weeks. I'm excited about this. God is doing something very specific inside of me. Many of you know that I have taken a commitment to pray a hundred hours, a hundred hour prayer challenge that I've taken personally, just for my own personal spiritual journey in life. I am 46 hours in of this morning, as of this morning, and it's been one of the most incredible seasons of my life. Uh, Four weeks in and 46 hours in, and I love it. I'm absolutely having a great time. Pray with me. The number one thing I'm focusing on is hearing the voice of God for the future of our church, for the vision of our church. And he's giving me very clear uh, principles, very clear outline uh, for what we're to do and what we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to go. So continue to pray with me uh, for the vision of the church and for what we're supposed to do. But the number one word he has spoken to me over and over again in this uh, season of prayer is the word shine, shine. Last week we talked about how God's word is light. And how Jesus is the light of the world, and he has actually designed us to shine. So you're made to shine. We talked a lot about why you should shine. Number one, we should shine because it's a command. He literally commanded us to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. He commanded us, let our light so shine before all mankind. God desires for us to fulfill our purpose. And one of the ways that we do that is by reflecting the light of God and shining the light of God that's in our lives. So that's why we're supposed to do it. But what I want to do for the next couple of weeks is talk about how we can shine. In fact, I want to share something with you today that I have learned and heard directly from the Lord on how you can absolutely be guaranteed to shine in your life. Shining is is about being the reflection of Jesus Christ. It's about representing God. It's about fulfilling your calling and your purpose and being everything that God has called you to. To be, uh, I want to let you know about a special opportunity that you're going to have to really shine at the end of this month. Uh, we have not done something like this yet uh, in, the, in the lifetime of our church, but we're going to do a special service on a Sunday. It's the Sunday before Halloween, October 30th, and it's going to be an illustrated message. We're still working out all of the details. 
on that, but it's an illustrated message that as I'm teaching and preaching, there's going to be a, kind of an interactive uh, opportunity or, or experience, and I'm going to speak a message called Haunted House. Haunted House. Now, that doesn't sound very spiritual. doesn't sound very Jesus-like, uh, but it's not for you. It's for the people that you know that need Jesus that would never come to a service like you would come to a service, but they'd come to a service the day before Halloween to see a presentation called Haunted House. And the premise of this is about how we have a dream in our lives. God has given each of us a dream in our lives and how the enemy wants to turn that dream into a nightmare. It's an opportunity for people to hear the message of Jesus Christ in a presentation that's different than the normal church Sunday experience. And specifically, it's an opportunity for you to invite people in your life to come be a part of a, of, of a presentation or a production, uh, so to speak, that will be very powerful and impacting in their life. And if you come by yourself, you'll enjoy it and think it's really cool. But if you come with someone else and they give their life to Jesus, It'll be one of the greatest days of your life. If, if I could share with you some of the most incredible experiences that I've had have been experiences where God used me to lead someone else to pray a prayer where they gave their life to Jesus. I don't know if you've had that opportunity or that experience yet or not, but if you haven't, you're, man, I'm telling you, you're missing out on one of the most incredibly exhilarating experiences to personally lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ is one of the greatest opportunities that we have, and it's something to celebrate. And we're going to spend this month uh, preparing for that. We're going to spend this month uh, learning how we can individually shine. But I want you to think about and begin to pray about who can you bring on that Sunday, October 30th, believing in faith that God would do something miraculous in their life. Maybe they uh, need to just have an encounter with God and grow closer to God. Or maybe they need to, they're, they're out of church and they need to find an opportunity to make a connection back into a family. Or maybe they don't even know God at all. And you could bring that person, you could invite that person, man, buy them lunch, whatever you got to do, uh, get them to come to, to be a part of this experience. And let's believe that we'll see dozens and dozens of people saved on October 30th. How's that sound? Sound good? All right. Come on. Come on. So let's talk about this. How do we shine? Have you ever seen or known someone that just, there was just something about them? Like, like every time you'd see them, you'd kind of get excited you know, I'm not talking about a girl that you had a crush on. I'm, I'm talking about somebody that there just was like a light in their face. There was just an energy. You know, when I, every time I see Dave, Dave, I just get excited, man. Dave is, is, is fun for me, man. He's just got this light. He's got this energy in his life. And every time I'm around him, I laugh. And I, I, I just get excited to be around him. There are different people like that, that they just have this sense of just an energy or a, an, an inner light inside of him. It just draws you to them. You ever known someone that when you, ever you saw him, you kind of wanted to hide? Maybe, maybe don't, don't, don't tap on your mom's shoulder right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around, right? I mean, we, we understand there's, there are people in life that are challenging to be around. They, they, instead of giving energy, they take energy. Did you know that your body actually is an electromagnetic field? You are an energy field. Did you know that you actually physiologically, scientifically, you actually do shine? Did you know that? If there's different types of cameras that can see you in the dark because you have an energy field that you release. Every single cell in your body has an electromagnetic signal and wave in it. In fact, you have hundreds of thousands of neurons that are inside of your cells and you literally have a light inside of you. You were made in the image of God. God is light. 
And in him there is no darkness. And you are made in the image of God and you literally have an internal light. And there are things you can do to make yourself more bright. And there are things you can do to make yourself more dim. I don't know if you've um, noticed this or not, but we have this giant ball of fire in the sky called a sun. It's, it's a huge star. Uh, they used to think that the sun revolved around the earth. Uh, and then in the 1500s, Nicholas Copernicus uh, pitched his idea of the, the theory of the revolutions of the universe that actually the sun was the center of the universe and all of the planets revolved around it. Isn't it funny? Sometimes we think we're the center of the universe and everything revolves around us. It's just not the case. All you uh, only children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, firstborn, we, we have a little bit of a different experience. But I, I want to I just point out to you, the sun has a power. We all understand this. The sun has a power. Without the sun, there's no life on our planet. We happen to be the exact perfect distance from our sun to contain and to hold life. The planets on either side of us don't have life forms in the same way, the same measure that we do. We are the right proximity from the sun, but even on our globe, even on the earth, there are different parts of the earth that are closer to the sun than others. Uh, have you ever been somewhere near the equator? It's a little hotter down there. They warn you. They say, because, you know, all, listen, us, us um, pale folk, we, we go out into the sun to try to become brown folk. Some of us. One reason that I do that is because I was told that, uh, that brown fat looks better than white fat. That's what I was told. So uh, that's just part of my belief system. So I want to be a little browner if I possibly can. But, you know, the, and, and, you know, so sun tanning is something we do. We like to get out there. We like to soak up the rays. Vitamin D is good for you. Uh, the, the, the power of the sun literally creates life on the planet. But you can get too close to the sun, Anybody ever had a bad exposure to the sun? Maybe had a little too much sun? Uh, maybe you were out on the fishing boat a little too long and didn't put enough on, and you can have a bad experience with the sun. See, in heaven, I mentioned this last week, there is, there, there is no external illumination. All natural illumination in heaven comes from the Father. It literally comes from the throne room. All of heaven is illuminated from the light of God that emanates from the throne room. Pretty amazing. I can't wait to uh, experience that. Different than the sun, exposure to God is not harmful. Exposure to God, there's no such thing as too much exposure to God. God has the ability to create in us an opportunity where we can shine. I want to take you to a story in the Bible. This is found in Exodus. This is part of the story of Moses. Moses uh, was one of the fathers of faith. He was the, the gentleman that God had picked to have an encounter with him. And just for the record, uh, for those of you that may not know, encounter God or encountering God is the number one core value of Oaks Church. It's the number one focus. The first and foremost thing that we do is we seek to create an opportunity and an environment where people can encounter God on a weekly basis. But the goal for Oaks Church is not for people to only encounter God when they come on a Sunday. Sadly, it used to be that the average Christian came to church twice a month. The average church-going Christian came to church twice a month. And then we had this thing called a global pandemic. And the average Christian no longer comes twice a month. 
In fact, the average Christian uh, maybe comes once or twice a quarter. And they worship online, a lot of them. And I'm not speaking down to any, thank God for technology, but it's important that you understand that there was a time and there was a reason to maybe be at home. And there's a time and there's a reason to get out of the home and get back into the group in the body of Christ. It's important that we continue to gather together. The Bible commands us to gather together. It's important that we understand that we're simply better together. There are people that stay home for good reasons. There are people that travel. There are people that whatever. And then there are people that stay home because they're lazy. Okay? And it's important that we understand. And it's okay if I upset someone. I, I want you to listen. We already talked about football. I don't want to talk about football anymore because I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan and it just was a bad day. But, but the head coach's job is not to make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. The head coach's job is to say the things that need to be said. And I happen to be the head coach. I'm not the owner of the team. Jesus owns the team. But I'm the head coach that he picked for this season. And it's important that you guys understand when we talk about getting involved, we talk about plugging in and we talk about being a part of, of a team and, and serving and all that kind of stuff. We talk about inviting people to church and, and, and looking for ways that we can shine. This isn't just about some clever idea. This is about you fulfilling the call of God on your life and being who God has called you to be. And I'll stand before God for how I represent that. So I'm going to push and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to try to provoke you to be the best version of you for him that you could possibly be. So the story we're gonna jump into with Moses is the story where he has now uh, led the people out of Egypt. Pharaoh has been you know, destroyed and the whole army of, of Egypt was destroyed in the Red Sea and they go out into the wilderness and they set up camp and Moses goes up on the top of a mountain and has an encounter with God. It was on that mountain that Moses literally um, was in the presence of God. A, a cloud of smoke covered the mountain, and people were afraid because the presence of God was there so thick, so powerfully. And he was in the presence of God, and he literally, God was downloading to him, and he's writing, and he's got his, his aide, uh, Joshua, with him that's writing all of the different commandments. And that's where the first five books of the Bible came from the God encounters that Moses had starting up on that mountain, and then as they built the tabernacle, uh, the tent of meeting that he would go into and be in the tent of meeting, and God would literally teach him how all of creation came, all of the laws that they were to follow, all of the cultural things that they were supposed to do as the people of God, all of that came through God encounters. Thank God for the opportunity that we can encounter him. You don't have to live your life separated from God. You can live your life having perpetual daily God encounters. And all you have to do is make that a priority. Exodus chapter 34, watch this, verse 29. When Moses came down from, the, from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, those were the Ten Commandments, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. We're, we're not talking about a sunburn. We're talking about a visible physiological phenomenon shining out of Moses' face. His face was radiating and it was freaking people out. It was not a normal experience. Moses is the first person that we see in the Bible 
after the fall of man, Adam and Eve used to walk with God every single day, walk with God, talking with God every single day. But then there was a separation that happened because of sin. Moses is the first person that we see having an experience where he literally was face to face with the creator of the universe. So they were afraid to come near him, but Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him. I guess they ran away. And he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands of the Lord that the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face, a cloth over his face that he could see through, but it would, it would dim the light so they wouldn't be freaked out around him. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what had been commanded, and they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back on over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord again. This is an amazing uh, little caveat inside of the story of Moses' life, that he was having these experiences and these encounters that were absolutely tangible and visible to the people around him. He, he literally would put like we see a wedding veil, like a bride would put over their face and kind of the older traditions. And, and, and the, the groom doesn't get to see her face fully until she gets to the altar and he pulls the veil back. Moses had to walk through life for a season with his face veiled because people couldn't handle the relationship that he had with God. His relationship was too intense. People couldn't handle it, freaked him out. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses and Moses spoke to God literally face to face as one man talks to another man. Did you know, did you know that you can have a relationship with God, that you can actually have conversations? You can actually have two-way conversations. Some people, and look, I've been in seasons of my life where I felt like my prayers go up and hit the ceiling and bounce back down. But you can learn there is an opportunity for you. God is not a, he, he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't have favorites. He gives the same opportunity to all of us. Jesus opened the opportunity for every single one of us to have God encounters. And you too can speak to God face to face. Interestingly, the word that is used describing the relationship that Moses had with God is the Hebrew word yada. Yada is the word for to know. In Yiddish, in their slang, uh, Jewish slang, they say yada, yada, yada. It means you know, you know, you know. And, but that same word, yada, is used describing a husband and a wife coming together and becoming one and knowing each other. It's the word yada. Interesting. Interesting. That the word used for a relationship with God and the word used for a relationship with husband and wife, the level of intimacy, the level of oneness between a husband and wife, it's the same word used for the opportunity that we have to know God intimately, face to face. See, God's face makes you shine. God's face makes you shine. I recently heard a, um, a message from someone that really inspired me, and he was talking about a trick that he used to play on his kids, on his daughter. 
that he would be sitting around the house, maybe eating a cookie or something, and his little three-year-old daughter would come up and, and want that cookie. And he would say, you can have it, but you gotta come, you gotta come up here and get it. And he would put the cookie right by his face. He didn't do this, he did this. So his daughter would climb up on his lap and then he would let her eat the cookie, but he would hold it right by his face because he wanted that closeness with his daughter. And in his illustration, he said, a lot of people are seeking God's hand for what they can get. And God is wanting us to seek his face for what we can know. And, and more realistically, who we can know. That we can actually know the God of the universe. In my prayer time with the Lord, the Lord is speaking things to me that if I will seek my face, I'll find his glory. The glory of the Lord. God's glory literally shines. If you'll seek God's face to know him intimately, it will create in you an opportunity for his glory to rest upon you. And everywhere you go, you literally carry the presence of God. You carry the glory of God. The scriptures talk about how we are jars of clay. We're earthen vessels that he has chosen to hide his glory in. He wants you walking through your life a normal human. A normal human. A dentist, an insurance agent, a, a business owner, a school teacher, a homeschool mom, whatever you are, a homeschool dad, whatever your role is, a salesperson, he wants you walking through your life, just a regular human, just an earthen vessel, but you contain inside of you his glory, and it shines out from you, and you're just a regular human, but there's something different and distinct about you, because you've been in the presence of the living God, and his face makes you shine. I don't know if you, I don't know if you are in a position yet. Some of you I know are, some of you maybe not. Some people might be thinking, okay, yeah, Joel, I, you know, I get it. You know, you're a pastor and this is what you do full time and, you know, 40 hours of prayer or whatever, 100 hours of prayer. Yeah, but, we, you know, I'm in the real world and your job is basically to pray. So pray away, big boy, and, and just tell us what God said. And we'll just, listen, my job is to provoke you to have the greatest experience with the God of the universe that you could possibly have. My job, it is my job to pray and hear God and to be one of the conduits for God in your life. But religion, man-made religion, creates a higher and higher and higher pulpit and podium where the person that works for God is now somehow way, way, way up here and all the regular people are way down here and you can't get to God without coming to me. That's not the Jesus we serve. That's not the church we're building. This isn't a church where, where I want you all to think that the only way you can hear God is to come through me. No, I'm just here to provoke you to know him better on your own. I want you to know him. I want you to experience him. He inhabits the praises of his people. You want to have an encounter with God? Create an atmosphere of praise. Create an atmosphere of worship. That's why we have uh, 25 or 30 minutes of worship. We want to create an atmosphere where God inhabits the praises, the worship of his people. We want to encounter God. 
but it can't only be on a Sunday morning and it certainly shouldn't only be watching online. You've got to figure out a way to get yourself in the presence of God on a regular basis and yes, come to church and yes, plug in and be a part of the team and all of that, but, but you've got to create it at your own home. You've got to create it in your own car. There's a season of my life as a teenager where I was having just a, a radical experience with God and I actually turned off. Man, when you're a teenager in your first car and you're a dude, everything's about your stereo. Back in the 80s, everything was about your stereo, man. You had to have, I had this Volkswagen Bug 1973 cream Volkswagen Bug. The Volkswagen Bug was perfect because it had the rounded top and you could put a subwoofer in the back of that thing. Oh my goodness, it would sound good inside of that Volkswagen Bug until it exploded. <laughs> I just left it on the side of the road. I never looked back. I just, bye, bye, next car. But one of the greatest things that happened to me is when I turned off my stereo as a 17, 18 year old young man and I began to turn my car into a place of worship and it was just my voice alone in my car. Just my voice alone in my car. And I began, my, my car began to be a sanctuary for me where I could hide from everyone else and just go drive and be with the Lord in my first incredible encounters with God on my own happened in my car. It was the 280Z next. Oh my God, that thing was fast. Four on the floor, little straight six engine, that thing was fast. The 1976, that thing died too. And then I got a Honda Civic, man, that Honda Civic, first car I could depend on. Um, but I would worship in my car. And it began to affect my life in, in a tangible way. See, there's story after story in the Bible. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it, speaking of the disciples, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, realizing they were just unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They could see that they had been with Jesus. It was visible, it was tangible that they had been with Jesus. The night that Jesus was arrested, Peter's kind of just trying to hide out. He's, he's got his cloak pulled up and, and, and he's just trying to stay warm around the fire. He's trying to be close because Jesus is now inside of Caiaphas's house and he's being tortured and he's being questioned. And Peter's just trying to be near. And he's, he's just by the fire trying to stay warm. And someone sees, hey, hey, you're one of them. I can tell you're one of them. No, 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 not me, uh-uh. No, I can tell. You're definitely one of them. I can see it on you. No. You don't know what you're talking about. And the girl says, listen to your accent. You're from Galilee. We see, we hear your accent a mile away. You've got to be one of his. And so Peter's the only disciple in the Bible that cusses, which gives all of us hope for ourselves. <laughs> listen, when you have been with Jesus... It shows. When you've been with Jesus, it shows. I put this little stack up here because this, this is this is this is exactly four years of my prayer life, right here. I average two prayer journals a year. This is the one when the Lord was making it very clear that we were called to start Oaks Church, 
And in just a few months, we'd be starting Oaks Church. The entire vision, everything that God was sharing with me, that's right there. The entire journey, all, all of this, it's documented. It's my prayer life. Um, I've been places, and I'm going to tell you a couple things not to brag, and you'll, 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 you'll hear why in just a second. I'm typically the first person to, to show all my flaws. Uh, I've been called an oversharer. I'm overly transparent. I don't want you to think of me better than I, than I am. I'd rather show you all my flaws and you judge me and leave the church right away than, than put me on a pedestal for about 10 years and then find out that I'm just a regular dude and be disappointed. I'll just be disappointed up front. <laughs> um. But I've been places, uh, on vacation, at the beach, just walking around in board shorts. Hey, are you a pastor? What? Not today, leave me alone. <laughs> in Costa Rica, sitting on the beach just trying to catch some rays. Little local surfer guy comes up. Hey, are you the pastor? Uh, yeah. Come on, my friends need Jesus. How do they know? Is, is, it's not written on, is it written on my head? I don't know. I was walking through a grocery store in Plano. And this lady, I'm just walking through the grocery store. This lady says, she stops me in the middle of the aisle. She says, who are you? Uh, Joel? Who are you? What's your name? Who are you? I said, uh, my name's Joel. Uh, what? What's the deal? She goes, I've never seen an aura like yours. I'm like, okay, weird, right? Strange. She could see something. I can't see it. But when you've been with Jesus, people can tell. Can I tell you something else? When you haven't been with Jesus, people can tell. <laughs> I told you I was going to let you know. I've had other moments where people go, you're a pastor. <laughs> I need Jesus real bad. My wife will tell me at any given moment, you need to go pray. She can tell when I haven't been with Jesus. Guys, we have the opportunity to create an experience, an encounter with God on our daily, in our daily lives on a daily basis. I've got a couple quick questions to ask you. Just a couple quick things that'll determine whether or not you're spending enough time in the presence of God. Number one, how is the level of your personal joy in life? On a daily basis, are you full of joy? If the answer is no, you may not be spending enough time in his presence. Because in his presence, the Bible says, there is fullness of joy. If you have a lack of joy some kind of chemical or some type of, uh, of, of uh, fun experience or whatever is not going to fix it. You might have temporary happy, but happy goes away. Happy keeps running off. Happy keeps moving. If you want ever-living joy in your life, his presence is where you find it. How about your level of peace? Do you have an overflow of peace in your life? Just on a daily basis, an overflow of peace. You're just you're constantly just, you know what? I've got peace. It's going to be okay. He's the prince of peace. 
Jesus, when he walked into his disciples, he says, peace unto you, my peace I give you. He has a peace that passes understanding. In the midst of the storm, you can have peace. But if you don't have, if you don't have an overflow, an abundance of peace, it might be that you're not spending enough time in his, in his presence. How about faith? How about your supernatural faith for the future? Guys, we've been in a season the last couple years in America. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And many of us have been way too wrapped up in all the bad news going on in our world. And, and we're hearing the negative. We're hearing the bad. And it literally is circumventing your faith. And you've got to overcome the bad news with the amount of good news that you put into your life. Because Jesus is the author and the perfecter of your faith. But if you don't give him an audience in your life where you spend hours in his presence, we spend hours in the presence of news. We spend hours in the presence of, of media, of entertainment. We spend hours in the presence of conversations talking about this and that and whatever. How many hours do we spend in the presence of God? Seeking God's face. It's about priority. How about your level of love for other people? Compassion for other people. God is love. And if you're in his presence, if you're with him, if, if you're in a place where he's affecting you on a daily basis, you're going to have an overflow of his love because you can't be a recipient of the love of God and be overwhelmed by the love of God and not have a natural desire to share it. It's about making specific decisions to create space. I'm gonna give you just a handful of things that will guarantee your shine. Number one, set a daily time for your God encounter. We, we create, most of us, let's just try, let's just, how many of you have a calendar that you use? Maybe it's on your phone, you put appointments in your calendar, okay? Important things you want to remember. Anything that I need to remember, I put it in my calendar. I've got one of those special brains that goes everywhere. And if I don't write it down and put it somewhere where I'm going to see it, it's, it will mysteriously pop up a few weeks from now. How many of us in our day actually prioritize our time with God? What would that say? I, and this, this, is, this is what I have to do. I literally have on my calendar, it had, has blocks of time. That these are, these are in throughout my week, these are blocks of time that nothing gets to go in those blocks. Because that's time that I'm going to spend in his presence. That's time that I'm going to spend seeking him for you. That's time that I'm going to spend preparing, getting ready for, for, for uh, delivering what he wants to say on a Sunday. Because it's not about what I want to say, it's about what he wants to say. So I've got a little bit of pressure on me every week that's different than the average person because if I haven't spent time with him, you'll know. You can, only, you can only rely on talent so long and pretty quickly, you'll know. Hmm. That wasn't Joel's best. Pray for me. Maybe you had a bad week. But when you're with him, people know. What else? Create that time. Actually set time. Create it in your day. This is when, this is my God time. And you get, second thing is get rid of all distractions. Don't let any distractions in that place. 
Turn your phone off, shut things off. And, and, and if you have someone in your life that, that needs to get a hold of you, just let them know, hey, uh, when, when I'm here this time, you cannot be able to get a hold of me. So if you're having an emergency, wait an hour and I'll call you back. Pause your emergency, I'll call you back. Number three, create an atmosphere, however you need to create an atmosphere. I mean, we, we create an atmosphere for a nice dinner. We create an atmosphere for, for lots of different things. We create an atmosphere to watch a big game. People that have big you know, football parties or whatever, they create an atmosphere for that. Create an atmosphere. H- how is it that you like to engage or encounter God? For me, I like to be outside. That's just, that's just me. I, I connect to God better outside for some reason. I need a view, at least a great view of outside, or go outside. That's what I like to do. And I create an atmosphere where I'm, 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 I'm a part, I'm with Him, and nothing can distract. Number four, stay in that place until you connect to Him. Worship, I'll turn on worship. Right now what I'm doing, I've told you, I put worship on my earphones and I go walk. And I'll walk four miles, five miles, and I'm just walking and praying, listening to worship. I'm praying, I'm worshiping, and then I'll come home and then I'll take the next 15, 20 minutes to write and document the things I feel like God is speaking to me. Every single one of these, every message I've preached in the last four years is inside of these books. Every idea God's given me is inside of these books. Everything he said about Oaks Church, inside of these books. Every major decision in my life, it's documented in here. My prayers literally look like a letter. I write a letter to God. Father, I love you so much. Thank you so much for what you've done in my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you. And I'm, I'm writing, and I'm, and I'm literally, I'm doing it for one reason. Can I, can I, can I share? I want to express my heart to him, and then I want to ask him. I want to empty my heart to him, and then I want to ask him to fill it. And I write, and I get all of my thoughts and all of my feelings out. I'm writing a letter to God. And then I ask him to speak to me. And I wait until he does. And I start writing the things I feel like he's speaking to me. And these books are filled with page after page after page of a communication opportunity or conversational relationship that I've developed. I've been doing this now for 20 years. This is just the last four years. And I want to encourage you guys, it's not, it's something that develops your, rela- it's like any other relationship. You build it over time. You build it over a, creating a discipline and creating a, a, a purpose. But I'm going to encourage you, stay in that place until you connect. You ask, how will I know? You'll know. You'll know. When you connect to the presence of God, you'll know. Stay there until you connect. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And then you soak, number five, you soak in his presence. Stay in that place until it changes you. There's been times where I was frustrated about something. I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing all my frustrations and all that kind of stuff. And, and I literally, in my journal, I'm writing. And I said, all right, God, I'm just going to shut up now. I need you to speak to me. And instantly I hear the Lord say, finally. I've been waiting for you to shut up for 45 minutes. It's in my journal. And then God changes my heart because so many times we're wanting someone else to change and we're wanting someone else to do something different and God's wanting to get a hold of our hearts. He's wanting to change something in our hearts. Guys, we can be so selfish. I want to encourage you. You can do it however you do it. But I want to encourage you. Document your experience with God. Get some kind of a notebook, some kind of a prayer journal, some kind of a something. Do it on a a computer. Document your experience with God. 
Anytime I'm lost, anytime I feel like I'm off track, anytime I feel like I've maybe missed him, because I document my experiences, I can go back and follow the entire journey and be like, whoa, no, look at this. And everything aligns, everything comes together, and I can see that I'm on track. Or I can see if I've gotten off track because of what he told me here and I haven't done it yet. So I'm just encouraging you. These are practical things. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm a regular guy. I got issues in my life. I need prayer. I need Jesus. Uh, I need forgiveness, just like everybody else. But I got a really, really, really good habit. And that habit is I spend hours with God, and it helps me. And I just, I'm just encouraging you. I want to I challenge you to step up your level of personal dedication to the presence of God. You, you're, you have the ability to get really close to the sun and not get burned. Because the son of God, Jesus Christ, you have the opportunity, you have a face-to-face -face opportunity. And the only thing that's stopping you from that is you. The only thing that's keeping you from that is you. Because you have the ability to shift your whole schedule. You have the ability to change your whole schedule. Yeah, certain things are set, but you got a whole lot of time that's free. Let me pray for you. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would speak to your children, that you would draw them in. Father, if there's anybody here that needs to repent for anything right now, God, just let them where they sit. Maybe they're watching online. And Father, we're thankful for everyone that is with us online. And we ask you to touch them and speak to them and draw them in, Father, and help them to find a church where they actually uh, sit and soak and get in the presence of God, Father. And if that's here, that's great. If it's somewhere else, that's great too. But Father, let your people feel the, the, the draw of the Holy Spirit to be in the house of God with the people of God uh, to the best of their personal ability. We understand that different people have different circumstances circumstances and situations that are going on that preclude them from being able to get out, and that's one thing. But Father, anyone that can, Father, draw them into your presence and draw them into relationship and draw them into the house of God to have the type of encounter that we can have that's so different when we join together, we create the synergy where two and three and four and five and six and all of us come together, and the energy, the power, the passion that's in us connects with the power that's in you, in unity. Father, draw us into you in the name of Jesus. Draw us into you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanna wait here for just a second. I know we got another service, but I wanna wait here for just a second. I feel like there's someone that needs to take a stand. You've been sitting back. You've been too casual. Too, too casual, too comfortable, and you need to take a stand. And the Lord is asking you right now, just stand up. Stand up for me right now is what the Lord is saying. Stand up for me. Too casual, too comfortable. The Lord's calling you to take a stand. He's calling you to, to rise up. He's calling you to be the, the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be. He's calling you just to stand. Just take a stand. And make a commitment to him. Make, make, make a dedicated effort. I'm going to stand for you. I'm not going to be dim. I'm not going to hide my light. I'm going to shine. I'm going to stand. I'm going to shine. I'm going I'm to make a, a decision in my life. If that's you, just stand. If that's you, just stand. If the Lord's touching you, calling you forward, just stand. Wherever you are.
I'm going to shine my light. I'm not going to hide my light. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you see every single one of these. They could be standing in their home, standing in this room. You see every one of them, Father. You see the commitment, the dedication that they're making. God, we ask you to call them deep into your presence and begin to speak to them, lead them, meet them where they are. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and we give you thanks. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has... We want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.